Um, and it may not, I don't know, but for me, it's all about perspective um, or perspective. Excuse me. I truly believe the worst thing that will ever happen to me in my life has already happened. Mm-hmm. And if I can get through that, you know, I can get through anything, you know, so, and, and yes, do I still have moments? I mean, we all do for sure, but um, my moments are few and far in between um, because, you know, I've already experienced what I believe to be the worst thing that's ever going to happen to me. And so it's like, well, this bad meeting or this loss or whatever, this bad loss in this game or whatever it may be, like at the end of the day, that's really, it's not that big of a deal. You know, mm-hmm. even, even if, even if I were to get fired, you know, it's like at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, it sucks, but you know, life will go on, you know, I'll figure it out. So Welcome to the Find the Gap podcast, where we're going to focus on the health and well-being of the support personnel and practitioners within high-performance sport. This will act as a platform for practitioners to share their own insights and experiences that have helped them to progress to where they are today, as well as being a safe environment which they can touch upon moments of vulnerability and other emotional battles that they've had to overcome in order to be successful. My name is Sam, and thanks for joining me on Find the Gap podcast. This podcast episode is brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder is a software that performance coaches all around the world are using to build programs, distribute workouts, and track athlete progress. It is the perfect fit for professional and academy teams, sports physios, gym owners, schools, and universities. The platform includes multiple max tracking methods, 16 plus reports, evaluation testing, and goal setting features. Coaches also have the access to consultation with Team Builder's in-house sports scientists to help manage and analyze data. Head to teambuilder.com and sign up for the promo code FTG to start your 30-day free trial. So on today's podcast, I'm joined with Glenn Kane, and Glenn is the Associate Director at Rutgers University, Um, and it's good to be able to get his insights into uh, the land of college basketball and college athletics, college strength conditioning as a whole, um, and also to see his past that he's had to uh, delve through and sort of battle through to be able to get to where he is today. So really excited for this chat with Glenn um, over in New Jersey. So without any further ado, here is the episode. Welcome to the next episode of the Find the Gap podcast. Uh, today, I've got Glenn on the other end from the United States of America. What's going on, Glenn? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Thanks for jumping on. How's your day been so far? It's been uh, been pretty good. Been pretty pretty relaxed actually. So that's good. Yeah, nice. You were saying that Wednesday's a bit of your time off or one of your lighter days? Yeah, it's not really a, I guess, an off day. It's an off day from practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's my it's my opportunity to get things done that I don't necessarily have time to get done during the during the week so um not as much basketball stuff but other things I I can get done meetings and all those things so yeah yeah. lovely well mate just to get us rolling you want to give us the the typical podcast intro something the background on your life um leading to where you are today sure um I'm originally from New Jersey um uh grew up playing a number of different sports um, soccer, baseball, um, football and track really got serious with football and track 
in high school and college. Um, did my undergrad at Gettysburg College in Pennsylvania. Uh, my undergrad is in uh, exercise science. And then from there, I went and did my master's degree at Springfield College in Massachusetts. Um, mm -hmm. Master's degree in exercise science um, with a concentration in strength and conditioning. And uh, did several internships. Um, you know, I got, had several jobs. Um, first job was at Frostburg State University. Actually, my first job was a head strength coach um, uh, of a D3 program. I was actually their first ever strength coach. And so um, that was a really great, unique opportunity for me, you know, coming right out of, you know, I was 22, 23 at the time and um, was a head strength coach. And so uh, that was that was pretty cool. Um, left Frostburg, went to Kansas. Uh, I, I did one of my internships with that, it was at KU. And so I went to the University of Kansas. I uh, was there for about five years. Um, left Kansas, went to New Mexico. Uh, worked at University of New Mexico for a season. And then uh, this job opened, opened up. Um, so it was an opportunity to come back to New Jersey. I've been gone for about 10 years or so. And uh, came back and working with women's basketball here at Rutgers. And this season coming up will be my, my eighth season here. So that's kind of the, the 101 quick uh career path and how I got to where I'm at. And currently I'm the associate director of strength conditioning. Um, I work specifically with our women's basketball program. Then I oversee three of our staff members as well. Mm -hmm. Nice. Mate. And I definitely want to delve into that kind of leadership position that you've got yourself into at Rutgers. But yeah. um, what's the, what are the glories of living in New Jersey? What are the, one of the benefits <laughs> of New Jersey, mate? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm biased because I'm from Jersey. And it's, it's funny because when I was growing up, it was like, man, I got to get out of here. <laughs> you know, yeah. you want to get away. And then I did. I, you know, I went away and I was, like I said, I was gone for about 10 years. And then, you know, right around, I'd say year eight or nine, it was kind of like, you know, I kind of miss Jersey. <laughs> you yeah. know, I didn't want to, if the opportunity ever arose to come back and it just happened to, it did at that, you know, at, at around that time. And uh, um, it was great to be back. You know, what I love about New Jersey, one, um, so New Jersey is, is a super densely, one of the most densely populated states. Um, it's kind of sandwiched between two major areas. So we've got New York, New York City to the north of us, and then Philadelphia to the south of us. So there's a lot of people who um, commute to and from. So they work in New York and they work in Philly, but they're going to live in New Jersey uh, just because you know it's it's super expensive up the closer you get to New York City. Um, so it's a little bit cheaper to live in New Jersey than commute. Uh, and then same thing, people who don't want to be really right in Philadelphia, you know, can live in New Jersey, live in South Jersey, and then commute to Philly. So you've got those two major um, cities um, between us. And then also, I, I like Jersey because there's a little bit of everything. You know, you, you, North Jersey is, is uh, you know, um, we always say they want, they, kind of, they want to be like New Yorkers, you know. And then uh, South Jersey is much more um, country, farms. You know, that's, you know, the Garden State is our is New Jersey's, you know, state nickname. And, and mm -hmm. that's really South Jersey. Like, when you go in South Jersey, you see all that. And and we get, you know, four, four distinct seasons, which I like. You know, we get, we have a, a summer, we have a spring, we have a fall, we have a winter. Um, you know, not unlike when I was in New Mexico, like, it, we didn't really have a winter, you know, and the summer is super long. So, uh, I like that. Um mm -hmm. Yeah, there's and and it's small enough. It's it's small enough, but large enough. You know, you can be anywhere in the state within mm -hmm. two or three hours. Um, so it's not like you know when I was in Kansas, you know, it takes six hours to drive across the state. You know, Jeez. so uh, 
so yeah that's so crazy like you know where i'm used to you, you drive six hours you'll be in a different state yeah yeah like or sometimes in a different country if you're in europe but yeah 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 insane mate um what with uh with your interest in basketball like did you always see yourself being involved in college basketball or is this just something you kind of fall into no um not at all because you know i i actually you know i never played basketball you know not not organized basketball. I know we play at a recess and stuff it was in, in grade school, but um, no, that was never my goal. My goal was never, um, you know, the stereotypical goal in the States with strength, young strength coaches is they want to be in the NFL. Um, and that was never my goal either. Um, my, my goal was has always been to, um, if I do the very best that I can in the situation I'm in, that will lead me to where I need to be or where I'm supposed to be next. And that's kind of been my philosophy. So I never really set out to be a like I'm today. I'm kind of known as a basketball guy, so to speak. Um, but that was never the goal at all. It just hap- so happened that the places where I had opportunities were very or or high elite level basketball. You know, I had an opportunity to, to intern at uh, UConn with the women's team in 2009. Um, at that point, they were in the midst of they hadn't lost a game in three years, I think, something like that. Um, had two future number one overall draft picks on their team. Uh, obviously, Kansas, the Jayhawks, is a heavy basketball program. Um, had the opportunity to work there. And then coming back here to Rutgers, my um, previous coach, who just retired two years ago, Vivian Stringer, um, is the all-time. You know, she's in the Hall of Fame. She's one of six coaches with 1,000 wins. Um, you know, so super high-level basketball on both the men's and women's side. And that's just – it just kind of worked out that way. That was never really the goal. And mm-hmm. even to this day, um, yeah, I'm a basketball guy, so to speak, but I, you know, I don't want to limit myself to that. I, I feel like I could work with a number of different sports. That's just kind of how my path is where it's led me, but that wasn't by, by choice, if that makes sense. Yeah, I guess you, I guess you. And what, what would you say then is like, like, what are you really passionate about then uh, as, as a person, as, as an individual, either be in your work or, not me in your private life that it may have helped you get to where you are now? Um, it's a tough question. Um, because I, I think it does, it, it's it's evolved. Um, so I would say that's one thing I'm passionate about is just continuing to get better and continuing to evolve and not be stagnant, not be the same place that I was a year ago, five mm-hmm. years ago, 10 years ago. Um, so that's one thing is just continuing to improve and continuing to learn and continue to get better. Um, I'm also very passionate about helping um, these athletes, these young young people develop into productive citizens of society. Um, it, you know it, it some of the some of the best phone calls I get or texts I get are from athletes you know years after they've I've been their coach and they're reaching back out to say thank you or to say hey now i get it mm-hmm. now i understand what you were what you were what you were talking about 10 years ago you know mm-hmm. um so that um yeah just just improvement you know mm-hmm. i think just uh, you know one of the things i set out early in my career was i i want to change the way that people think about training mm-hmm. um cuz you know I, you learn all the textbook stuff going in through schooling and all of that but it's just like there's just there's something missing, and I don't know what that is that's missing. But you know, and you can't learn it in the, in the classroom. 
you know um but it, it, it's just like this can't be it you know mm -hmm. like there's got to be more to it um i do think some of that is the mental side of things um that's i think very you know the brain is such an untapped um thing that like we don't know you know so you know very little about it mm -hmm. um and its impact on, on how we can perform and do things but so yeah i think that um my approach is i don't want to say unconventional but it, it's it's just um always questioning and being critical you know uh, and so always asking how you know how can we get better and being able to think outside the box i think those are things that i'm not being complacent i guess that will kind of fall into that so that's what that passion is about yeah yeah and yeah. growing like a growing curiosity always always growing yeah. to build yeah. and to learn either for yourself or the guys that you're working with for sure yeah. um like what it um what are some main kind of like pressures that you have to deal with then uh that are involved in the college system i've got this i've got a follow-up question from this one but i want to get your answer from this initial yeah. question first is like what are some main pressures that you feel in your role yeah so so pressure so look i guess let me um just give a little context you know i, I work at at Rutgers, which is in the big 10 um you know one of the power five which may soon to be power four um conferences here you know within the next few years i predict but uh, essentially you know very high level of athletics um the highest level in, in the college in, in college essentially and so um you know when I, my first job at frostburg which was at the time they were d3 you know you didn't have to worry about a, co a coach you know coach has to be really bad for a really long time mm -hmm. before they get you know before they're going to get fired um that's not the case at you know uh, at the level that i'm at currently and so um i was actually just watching a netflix um on uh when urban meyer was at florida and when he took over the florida program in 2005 in his first season i remember he was saying you know at florida florida football he's like if you lose three if you lose three games like you might lose your job mm -hmm. you know which is you know <laughs> you know that's, that's pretty that's a that's a that's a lot that's a lot of a lot of pressure so so some of the pressures i face i would say um if you know if we're not successful on the court like if we don't win games um you know coaches can get fired mm -hmm. and if coaches get fired you know that's actually what happened to me in new mexico um coach who hired me got fired and a new coach that came in decided not to retain me mm -hmm. and so um and the reason he got fired was because we just we didn't win enough games so mm -hmm. there's that pressure of you know that's always in the back of your head it's not as much on the women's side but with my like i said my previous coach was a hall of fame coach and so when she retired you know Rutgers had a decision to make they could go one of two directions they could choose to replace because she was such a big name the thought was they might replace her with another very big name and if that were the case that person might say you know what i've got a strength conditioning coach that i trust and that i believe in already that's going to be my strength coach and then then i may not be retained you know so um so that's so that, there's always that of you know we, we need to at the end of the day like we have to have some success on the court um so that's a that's a very real pressure and then also um within that there's pressure for me you know i always tell our interns perception is reality and so whoever your head coach is they need to believe that you're doing a great job for their team mm. and so there's that pressure of finding out making sure that i'm providing our coaching staff 
with what they perceive to be what they want, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, which may or may not be um, what I think is the best thing for the for the athletes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, and so, uh, and obviously, there's there's a whole another dynamic when it's when you're a new coach or when you have a when when you're new to a program or when you have a new coach like I had last year. Uh, and so, trying to figure out okay, what does this coach value? What does this coach want? And, and making sure that I can provide that because if I don't, then they're going to find somebody else who will. Mm. Like so, it's is describing such like a support role. Like you're you're literally supporting mm-hmm. the head oh, yeah. coach, yeah, yeah. the head coach to such a degree to you know put your yep. sometimes put your own beliefs to the side and and to kind of accept that in a way that. But you're also the person that's so vulnerable at the same time they'll lose their job if they lose their job. Yeah. Um, so so to that point. Um, when I first came to Rutgers, so the reason my job was open, my, my predecessor was 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 let go by the previous staff. And there was a very, there was not a good relationship between women's basketball and strength and conditioning at, at the time. Hmm. Um, and that's why the job was open, you know. And, and so, uh, and whether or not they were good at their job was irrelevant. The perception from the coaching staff was that they weren't good at their job. And that's the key distinction. If they perceive that you're not good at your job, then you're not. Mm-hmm. Even you could be you could be great at what you do. And mm-hmm. so there's that a lot of a lot of young coaches fall into that trap of they may be doing a great job from a programming standpoint and what they're implementing, but if their coach doesn't understand it or their coach doesn't see that, then they're not doing a great job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and their job their job could be at risk, you know. So um, so when I first came in, my n- number one priority was to repair that relationship. So what we did in the weight room was completely was secondary. Mm-hmm. My number one priority was we got to get this relationship repaired so that now I can because at, at that point in time, they were like, well, you know, if we had we asked, you know, we asked the previous person to do X, Y, Z. They didn't do it. So mm-hmm. if they if they can't if their their mindset was if you can't do it then why would I listen to you anything you have to say you can't even do what I ask you to do mm-hmm. so I'll do it <laughs> you know and, and so uh, the coaches were doing a lot of the conditioning and stuff at that point mm-hmm. and so um, my job was to kind of repair that relationship and and, and to be able to start to slowly take back um, ownership of. A lot of the things that the coaches had had been doing because they felt the person before me wasn't doing a good enough job. And again, whether they were or not didn't really matter. It was just that that was the perception. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, it's it's um, that's that's like that's the stuff they don't teach you in school. No, <laughs> you know, understand. <100%. laughs> Every single yeah. book or textbook won't teach you all the little life lessons you got to experience yeah. along the way. What were some like yeah. other little like ways that you kind of built or repaired those relationships? What was my little thing like key um, techniques you used? Well, I, I number one, I would say it's um, and this is what I learned from my mentor at, at Kansas. Um, you have to you have to be able to sell yourself, and that's something that I'm naturally not. I'm naturally not good at that. And some people naturally are. Some people, you know, I'm not one of them. So that's something that I. Have, have to be very deliberate and intentional about mm-hmm. is is doing that because it's not something that comes naturally or comes easy to me. So um, one, constant communication, um, celebrating every victory and making sure the coaches know it, providing visuals so they can see. Um, you know, one of, uh, one of the best like slides I put together for that staff, I had a slide um, 
and it was an it was a one of our interns doing a like a power clean mm-hmm. and it, but it was broken down into like different sections so like you know at the base of the lift kind of halfway you know up at the top of the lift at the extension point and then coming back down but then i i went through and i found i had our our, our um was information person she gave me had a, she gave me access to all of our photos uh, of our court of our games because I again I would just came to Rutgers so I didn't really have access to anything and didn't really know much and I sifted through those photos and I found similar positions that look like um the position that those the various positions of that clean and then I superimposed I put them underneath each one mm-hmm. and so my the whole thing was okay you know what we're doing in the weight room is this is why we're doing it because you get into this position so like for example you think of triple extension in the clean right um well when you look at the the either going up for a rebound or even the the initial tip the initial jump ball Mm -hmm. or you know so i got had a picture of our athlete going up for a jump ball Mm -hmm. and it's literally the same when you see it side by side you're like oh like okay that makes that's triple extension and Mm -hmm. okay so it's like okay now if we load that guess what when you unload it, you're going to be able to do, you know, do, do it better when it's unloaded. So, mm-hmm. um, but that slide, you know, that one slide worked wonders for me with the coaching staff because they could see it like, oh, okay, like that makes sense to me now. Mm-hmm. You know, no one ever said, you know, show me why, how this relates to what we do on the court. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? You know, so, um, so yeah, providing visuals, um, I, you know, this is, this is the advice, you know, I, I give, um, you got if you, you you need to think about you explain it to a second grader where a second grader can understand mm-hmm. and that's how i that's how i explain it to my coaching staff mm-hmm. and it's like they get it you know if i try to talk to them like they're strength conditioning coaches mm-hmm. i get nowhere yeah. you know so lots of colors lots of pictures <laughs> you know um big words you know things like mm-hmm. that and um and, and not to say you know and it's not that Coaches, especially in the United States, they don't have a background in strength and strength conditioning. They don't mm-hmm. know any of the stuff that I like. I take for granted that I that I, most other professionals would know. And mm-hmm. so it's not a knock on our coaches. They know basketball. They know basketball mm-hmm. very well, um, but they don't know energy system development. They don't know, you know, um, human anatomy. They just mm-hmm. don't. And so I've got to present it in a way where they can understand it. And so mm-hmm. I. I had to learn how to essentially become a translator. How can I tr- take this complex information and break it down and, and and give it to them in a simple fashion? And so that was my mindset. Okay, if I'm going to explain this to my seven-year-old niece, I need her to be able to understand it. Mm-hmm. And that's the same approach I take when I, when I give this information to our coaching staff. Mm-hmm. But you put your seven-year-old niece on that sideline. I don't think there'll be other coaches better. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, I know exactly. What I'm it's the same. It's the same with athletes. It's a, it's the same yeah. with the, the players because they're not sports scientists or strength coaches. Mm-hmm. You be yep. sure all the bells and whistles and the um the rep the the numbers behind everything. Sometimes you'll lose them. You have you do yeah. have some like anomalies who are out there who are just like yeah. so so interested in that. Yeah, but if yep, you yep. just want to show off what you know, you'll get nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's good to do that every now and again. Mm. Um, but not that can't be your main method of communication with them for sure. No, 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 hundred percent. Uh, well, mate, going back to your um 
to the previous question I asked about your pressures and your role, uh, yeah. do, you, do you find that because it's a college system and it is, you know, one of the top five, uh, sorry, top, soon be top four um, uh, conferences, uh, you're still not like, you know, they're, they're still, they're full-time athletes, but they're also students and they're also trying to mm-hmm. build their lives as a, uh, in the academic world at the same time. Like, do you feel any kind of extra pressure on that side of things as well? Like you have to better them as, as players, but also like, you know, they've got to focus in their lives outside of sport as well. Does, do you feel any kind of responsibility in that uh, when you're trying to build them into better players? Well, I do because that's who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't feel, I don't, I don't think of it as a pressure. Um, I think of it as, you know, for me, like I, I tell my our, our kid, my, my athletes, so the athletes I work with, you know, you should learn something every day, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so did you get just just 1% better today, right? You mm-hmm. can do that, right? You can get you can be 1% better than you were yesterday. And that's so and, and some of that is just, you know, the natural our natural day is, is, is t- giving them these opportunities or teaching them these opportunities for how this is going to translate later in life, right? So, like, mm-hmm. a very simple thing, right? You have to show up on time, right? You can't be late to the work, to the weight room. There's a consequence if you're late. Well, it's no different than when you go out to the room and you get a job, right? You mm-hmm. can't show up late to your job. I mean, you can, but there's a consequence for that. And if you do it enough times, that consequence is you're probably not going to have a job anymore, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so um, trying to help them connect those dots. But, again, I don't don't feel that as pressure i feel that's more of just who i am as a person anyway um Mm -hmm. now i will say one of the things that has um shifted this a little bit is this whole you know the recent changes in the rules um at the the, the division one level um in terms of the ability for athletes to transfer now um, specifically within basketball and football, and then also the the introduction of the NIL, uh, name, mm-hmm. image, and likeness, where they, they can now make money. Um, so I feel like the schools schools are feeling more of a sense of, of pressure. But in all honesty, I don't know that it is pressure to – I don't know – I don't know that it's for the right reason. It's mm-hmm. for the reason of so that they we can now compete with other schools by saying we have a person dedicated to helping you build your brand, mm-hmm. right? And at the end of the day, the athlete's going to benefit from that because they're learning like they're learning skills now. They're they're learning about financial skills now because like with this NIL, like they have to report that as income, so they have to get taxed on it, right? Mm-hmm. So and every state's different too. So I don't I don't know how like I know New Jersey, but you know every state's going to be a little bit different, but. Um, so that's now skills that they have to learn, which honestly is good for them because no one taught me how to do my taxes. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, I had to kind of learn that on 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 my own. You know, so hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, but at the same time, I also know it's because the other schools are doing it in our conference, so we have to now do it so that we can we can compete for those same recruits. Because, well, hey, well, you can go to Ohio State or go to this school or better that school and they have a person who's dedicated for building my brand well why don't you have that here mm-hmm. you know well i'm going to go there instead of go here you know what i mean so it's a, it's an arms race still um and it probably always will be um i do think the athletes are benefiting from that um but i would say that i think the, the schools are feeling more pressure now mm-hmm. with that to provide a better package so to speak mm-hmm. um i get you you know what i mean um, mm-hmm. and so so I, don't, I never looked at that as pressure though. I always looked at 
that is just that's just who I'm gonna who I am anyway and who I'm gonna mm-hmm. be. Like, yeah, obviously we wanna be we wanna we have to compete and we wanna be competitive, but um at the end of the day, I I'd rather um know that, you know, I've taught you to be a a good human and mm-hmm. taught you skills that are gonna help you because I'm a big believer that successful people, you know, there's a there's a skill set that they have that's transferable. You know, it's not like, you know, successful people, you know, I could go and work and be in, at a grocery store and I'd be just as successful, mm-hmm. you know, um, as I am in my current field, you know, um, because I have a certain set of skills that successful people have. They do, they don't do extraordinary things, they do ordinary things every day and they do them well. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's how I connect the success piece to it is, you know, when you, when you learn these skills and you're able to be consistent with them, that's going to lead you to the success on the court as well, if that makes sense. So, um, so yeah, I've, I've never looked at that as a, as a, as a pressure. There's, there's more pressure about, you know, winning X amount of games because I know that that is a more immediate impact on, you know, job security, mm-hmm. um, more so than, um, you know, whether we, um, whether they learn, how to be good good humans or not yeah you know? for sure i think i think me in asking that question is like um because you're right in saying that it, it you you think and consider it more so as a, as a human being rather than your role because your your role is in the snc field is in the performance field there's yep. people at the college responsible for their career progression for their yep. well well-being side of things that's understandable it's just I don't, I don't know being in the college system compared to being in for example the nba or the nfl system where like in the mm-hmm. back of your head is that something you need to really heavily consider which 100 i think you, you do any human being as a conscience i think definitely should mm-hmm. um and i think now that you were talking about you know there's extra systems now where you know students are coming through the ranks knowing about finances and taxes and growing their personal brand and um so that they can make a living off it and continuously do that uh, legally, I think it's, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's getting better. Yeah. It's definitely getting better from my own very inexperienced knowledge of it. Yeah. All. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. This is sure. nowhere down under, but yeah. Um, all right. So next one I do want to ask you about is your role is, as a leader. Because um, mm-hmm. now you've got a few people that you're overseeing, and obviously you're talking about interns as well. But uh, yep. this also follows on from our conversation uh, that we just had about you know the students. But do, what do you feel that's, uh, or what do you find hard about being a leader uh, in your role? Or what is... <laughs> yeah, um, what's hard for me is, and I've had to learn this. Um, I know how I operate. And I'm I'm very a very I've always have been a very intrinsically motivated, internally motivated person. Like I, I'm the last person who needs anyone looking over my shoulder. Um, I just I just don't you know never have. Um, and so my thought is okay. I know how I what I like. I don't like being micromanaged, right? So I don't want to micromanage people who I oversee. Like that's kind of my logical train of thought. And I've come to learn to realize that some people need that. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's really hard for me to to do that for those. And, some, and not everyone needs it. Some people don't. But some people do need more explicit direction um, to be, you know, to be for me to check up on them um, at regular intervals. Like, some people do need that. I've, I've learned that. And so that's probably been the hardest thing for me is to 
um, because I, I know I don't function well like that. Like I, I hate that, you know? And so um, being able to find out what each person needs and how they're going to um, best be productive and then being able to try to create or facilitate an environment to help them be, be productive. And whether that's letting them go on their own and let them do their own thing and just check in at regular intervals or being more on top of them hey, you know, how is this project going, you know, um, multiple times a week as, you know, as opposed to someone else might be once a month or so. Mm -hmm. So that's been, I think, the hardest thing for me is to be able to adapt um, my managerial style, if you will, to the different people I'm working with based on what they need. Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel that, like, because you're, you're always face-to-face -face with the athletes and uh, the students but also your, your team members um and to be an effective leader you've got to be that person that like you know people get energy off um if you're having a really really shitty day for whatever reason mm -hmm. um you know how, how do you maintain that energy and how do you maintain that kind of leadership style um if you you, you know your, your wife or your partner or your um you've had a bad interaction getting a coffee or something in the morning um yeah how do you how do you maintain that how do you compartmentalize that feeling well, for me for me and and you know this is you know take it for what it's worth it, it may it may you know sound bad but um and it may not i don't know but for me it's all about perspective um or perspective excuse me i truly believe the worst thing that will ever happen to me in my life has already happened mm. and if i can get through that you know i can get through anything you know so and, and yes, do I still have moments? I mean, we all do for sure. But um, my moments are few and far in between um, because, you know, I've already experienced what I believe to be the worst thing that's ever going to happen to me. And so it's like, well, this bad meeting or this loss or whatever, this bad loss in this game or whatever it may be, like at the end of the day, that's really, it's not that big of a deal. You know, mm -hmm. even, even, even if, even if I were to get fired, you know, it's like at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, it sucks, but, you know, life will go on, you know, I'll figure it out. So just having that uh, perspective uh, for me is, is, um, I, is one of the things that helps me stay grounded and, and regardless of, you know, you know, maybe I had a, a ton of traffic on my way in and, and I'm late because, you know, I had to sit in traffic for an hour and you know, obviously that, that would upset anybody. But at the end of the day, like I don't let that affect my whole, I don't like that affect the rest of my day, mm -hmm. you know? Um, now again, have there been moments in my, in my life where I've, where I, it, it's gotten to me for sure. Um, I'm also a person who tends to keep things in bottled up. Um, and so if something happens to me today, I won't necessarily react to it today it's things will then build over time, you know, and, and, and that's where I may have one of those moments at some point later on down the road. But in the moment, um, you know, I don't really, I don't, I don't want to say I don't have bad days, but like I always tell my athletes, I, you know, I say, look, as soon as you guys walk in the gym, I know right away who's having a bad day and who mm -hmm. I need to, you know, I'm like, yep, this one, I'm, I'm going to need to be on this one today. Mm -hmm. and, and, but you guys can never tell if I'm having a bad day or not. You know, uh, and so um, 
so yeah, I, I try, I, I, I tend to be pretty consistent um, with my demeanor and my mood, uh, for better or for worse, um, regardless. And again, like I said, there are moments, but it's not, you know, one of the things, you know, if you would ask anybody who knows me, they would say, like, he's pretty, I'm pretty solid, pretty steady, pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. So, but I think for me, that's from perspective. Well, like for people that haven't, you know, experienced, for example, that worst day, yeah. Um, or that kind of uh, the mentality of the perspective on um, something going wrong in their day, the small things, mm-hmm. you know, the perspective, then that's not the end of the world. Or oh, that loss, it's not the end yeah. of the world. Life will go on. I would say commonly that perspective, it's not, yeah, yes, yeah, so that perspective isn't as common uh, yep. for people who haven't gone through or there was mm-hmm. that, that, that worst day. So, how do you, what are some ways that we can kind of like help? others that haven't had these you know yeah pro- it's 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 really hard i mean that's a, that's a you know hundred million dollar question you know mm. i think uh i i would go i would start with it, it really starts with um you know one of my my um idols is bruce lee and one of his sayings was that the only help is self-help right and, and so and, and the way i interpret that is like you have to know who you are and the reason I say that is because everybody's different, you know, um, and what works for one person may not work for the next person. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's so hard because, you know, actually I was just talking to our academic advisor today about one of our players who's like so overwhelmed right now with her academics. Right. And in my, in my mind, I'm like, I mean, her, her life isn't that hard. I mean, she's got, mm-hmm. you know, her classes are handpicked for her, you know, to make sure that you know, she's got her lighter load now. So that way it doesn't, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit easier for her during the season. You know, it, she doesn't have, I mean, on one end, our athletes do have a lot of more, a lot of pressure that the normal students don't have because they're under the microscope with everything that they do more so than the average student. Mm-hmm. But on the other end, there are a lot of perks to being an athlete you know, from scheduling to, you know, all these other types of things as well. Um, they, they have tutors for every single class, you know, it's so like if they ever have a question or don't, like they have all the resources that they need that like I didn't have as a, as a student athlete, you know, like I had to, you know, I had to go to the general tutoring um, office hours. You know, I didn't have a specific tutor assigned to me for every class that I could have, I could use whenever I needed, like these, like our kids do. Mm-hmm. So, but, and so a part of me is like, I mean, again, like, okay, she, like the world's not going to end. It's not that big of a deal. But for her, like, this is like the world's about to end right now. You know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. know, I got I to see in a class and, you know, and so I, I think, um, so the hard part is, okay, like me knowing this athlete, you know, she, she probably needs, um, she needs people to, she needs encouragement. She needs, you know, someone to be there to listen, not to ju- non-judgmental, you know. Um, but that's just for me getting to know her. Mm-hmm. You know, she probably needs to take a day and go out to the beach with her family, you know. Um, but for someone else, that may not be the solution for them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I, I think... So that's why I say it starts with knowing yourself and, and okay, what are the things that I need to do or that I that that are going to help put me in a better 
um, mind space, if you will, or mental 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 space. Um, whether that's spending time with family, whether that's spending time alone, like those are, I think, questions only you can answer. Mm-hmm. And so I I think you know my approach would be kind of walking them through that. You know, okay, what are what are what do you do when you're like what makes you happy? Yeah, you know, let's let's start with that, right? And so, um, and then trying to give them some perspective. And a lot of times, I, that's where I can draw upon their training. So, like for example, one of the things I teach all of our players to do is juggle, right? So ninety percent of them, ninety-five percent of them, when they come in, they they cannot, they have no idea what they're doing, right? They can't. Uh, every now and again, I'll get one kid who can come in who actually knows how to juggle, but most of them can't. And so, and they, I mean, it is like the most frustrating thing for them that they can't get it, you know, because they're used to being able just to pick something up and do it really, really easily. They're good athletes, you know? And, and so um, a lot of times I'll draw on, and the reason I do that isn't necessarily for like the hand-eye coordination. It's to teach them, this is the process. This is what learning looks like, mm-hmm. right? And you're going to fail and you're going to fail. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. You're going to fail over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden you're going to get it. Right? Are you going to have see some progress? Right? And 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 so I would say, remember remember when you told me you would never be able to juggle? Hey, when you were a freshman, and now now you can do it easily. Like, you know, so like in that moment, you 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 were so sure that you were never going to do like you were so like you were so upset every time you had to do this. You saw us in the workout because you couldn't do it, mm-hmm. and now it's easy for you. You know, and so. Just trying to make, and it could be anything in the weight room, but that's just something I use because it's a skill that mm-hmm. they that they learn over time, right? And most of them are pretty bad at it when they first get when they first arrive. So, um, so that that's you know that's you know making connections between their training and 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 you know what they're going through. Um, but I think it's just getting to know you know knowing the players and knowing the the staff and knowing okay. So when I meet with my staff, like I talk about, you know, what are your goals? What do you want to accomplish? What are your short-term goals, long-term goals? What are you passionate about? What makes you happy? And the reason I ask those questions is that's going to help me in those times where they need help mm-hmm. to be able to better, you know, better serve them um, based on instead of it's, it's not a a checklist or a, a that I'm checking things off. It's it's okay. I know this person needs X Y Z, or this person likes X Y Z. Let me start with that approach versus this person is more of a loner, doesn't doesn't like you know being around people as much. So you know, suggesting happy hour for them probably isn't the best thing. You know, so mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that that would be my approach. That's you know more of a process driven. I don't have a specific answer, mm-hmm. um, but that's just how I would approach it. Yeah, no, makes sense. It makes sense. And and from your experiences in you know, through your life experiences, do you feel like you you've understood your own limits um in how you push yourself in whatever way in your capacity at work as much as you can, knowing that you, you know you've you've experienced um whatever life events you have experienced that uh you you're going to accept things uh whether it be at work or whether it be things that come out really uh, out of left field and throw you off your day but like what what have you have you got that acceptance of your your own limits um i would say yes and no um i i, I definitely think you know one thing one there's so much like you'll you'll never like i've accepted the fact right that 
you know, these, I used to say like in high school, like there's always someone bigger, there's always someone faster, there's always someone stronger. There's someone out there who's bigger, faster, stronger than you. Right. And this is like, there's someone out there that you're bigger, faster, or stronger than Right. And, and so I've accepted the fact that, okay. Um, I'm not going to live long enough to learn everything that there is to learn. <laughs> right. Like if I just studied all day, every day until the day I died, I still wouldn't learn everything in the universe. Right. Mm -hmm. And so again, perspective, right. So, um, there are things that I don't know that I'm never, and I, I may never know. Like there's always someone out there who has more knowledge base than I do, who's smarter than me. Right. So I don't know. So I don't know everything. Like I don't have all the answers. Right. I obviously, I have a level of experience that I bring. Um, but also there are times it's okay to say, I don't know. Like, I don't know the answer. You know, like I don't have to be right. I like to be right, but I don't have to be right. I'm not always going to be right. You know? So I think from that standpoint, like now that doesn't mean I don't, I just throw in a towel and say, I'm not going to continue to get better and continue to evolve. Yes, yeah, I, I am. I want to be the best version of myself that I can be in all aspects. But at the same time, I also have to understand that I'm never going to be all knowing omnipotent, you know? Um, and so there's that, there's that balance. Um, you know, and that's, and that's in all aspects, you know, mental, physical, you know, everything, you know, so yeah. I can't do what I used to be able to do physically, you know, yeah. when I was an athlete, you know, I just can't, <laughs> you know, so, and I have no, I have no desire to anymore either, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean I'm, I'm going to just throw in a towel and not, you know, not do anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I think we all follow that one day where we accept we're not all the athletes and we've got to put that to the side for now. Yeah. 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 Uh, mate, I am conscious of your time. I don't take the rest of your afternoon up, but I do ask this question on most guys that I like to, to get through in the podcast. Um, yep. do you, can you think of some three major things? Um, and they, they these can be as broad as you want it could be books podcasts uh people mm -hmm. courses mentors whatever you think uh mm -hmm. uh th three things that have had a major impact on your life to date and helped you to get where you are yeah um the first thing that comes to mind is people um my mother for sure is my biggest influence um without a doubt so that that's by by far and far number one um my you know my experiences, just the people I've worked with and learned from throughout my career, there's too many to name, but all of them, you know, um, you know, Andrea Hootie has been a big mentor for me. She's probably been the biggest influence on me professionally. Um, but there's, you know, there's countless others um, that I've worked with, um, whether it was I interned for them or I worked with alongside of them. Um, uh, and I feel like you, we can learn. From, there's something to be learned from everybody um, that you meet. Um, so people are probably, I would say, the biggest thing. Now, if I had to think of, you know, there are some books that come to mind. Um, first Things First by Stephen Covey uh, is a really good one. Mm -hmm. And The Slight Edge by, I think, Jeff Olson, I think is his name, um, are two that like, I, I would say I really, really hit home with me. And, and, and change the way that i think about my daily life <laughs> you know uh, mm -hmm. and they're both very easy reads um mm -hmm. so I, I would say those those are the things that come to mind for sure um 
you know, first things first is, is about just, you know, making sure your priorities are straight. Like you don't mm-hmm. want to spend all this time climbing the ladder to success to get to the top and realize your ladder's against the wrong wall, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then the slight edge is, you know, every day you're depositing our, or, you know, you're, depo- you're, t- you're making a deposit or you're um, withdrawing from your account, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not any one day is going to make or break you. But if you make too many withdrawals, you're going to be bankrupt, <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, like but that. thinking about that from a life perspective, you know, mm-hmm. so at the end, it's okay to be negative today, but you need to be positive tomorrow. You need to be in the positive tomorrow. So mm-hmm. nice. that's um, by Jeff Olson, you said? I think that's the name. I know. I know Olson is the last name. I can't remember if the first name is Jeff or not, but yeah, I'll have a look. Cool. I think that's that's it. Yeah. Um, mate, what what's next for you then? Um, obviously you're you're into you're heavy into training. Uh, but for you personally, what what's next? What's coming up? Um, it's a good question. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I think right now I'm in the mindset of you know, obviously I've got a new coach. This is our second year, and so. Right now, I want to, you know, we want to ride. I want to ride this and see how how successful can we be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that's the, you know, we'll, we want to ride that as long as 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 we can, and and you know, who you never you can't you don't never know what the future is going to bring. Um, I don't know that you know, I don't where I'm at now is you know, I don't want to be a basketball strength coach for the rest of my life. So at some point, I'm going to transition probably to something else. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that's administrative role, whether that's something completely different, similar, I don't know what that is yet. Um, but, um, you know, I just, you know, the, the, the life is, the lifestyle, is, the life of a coach is very, very uh, adaptable. <laughs> so demanding um, and adaptable. Yeah. So uh, it, it's, it's, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, while I can, I want to enjoy it. And, Again, give it, give it my best shot and see, you know, see how far we can go. Love so. that, man. I love that. And I'm excited to watch, to see how far it does go, mate. Good on you. Um, but in terms of the podcast, mate, we are, we're all, we're all done. We've got what we need to get in. Uh, I, I've enjoyed this. I really have to get your insight onto the life in a college system is unreal. And to, to get your insights and your experiences so far, uh, I think a lot of people get a lot out of this, um, especially those that are going towards that, that college, um, that college system uh, and also the, the guys who are just coming out of university themselves. So man, I appreciate your time. I really do. Yeah, no, definitely, man. Not cool. a problem. Well, hang, hang on for a bit. I'm going to have a bit of a chat, but apart from okay. the rest, we're, we're all done. Cheers, mate. Sounds good. So thanks to Glenn for sparing the time to have a chat with me over on um, well, on the podcast and while he's over in New Jersey, America. Uh, it was really good to get his insight and his, and his um, ideas along perspective or his um, uh, the way he talked about perspective in his role as a as a strength conditioning coach and his perspective just in life in general. You know, that you know, no matter what we go through, we lose a job or we go through a bad day. Um, in reality, it's not the biggest deal in the world. There's, there's worse things going on. There's worse things having to overcome. So really good um, insights on how to really approach day-to-day living. So thank you very much, Glenn. Uh, thank you to Stance for providing the music for this episode. And thank you to Team Builder for providing the, um, uh, for being the sponsor for this episode. And thank you for listening in. Uh, week in and week out. Uh, we've really got some good guests coming up in the next few weeks um, surrounding college football and, and here as well in the uh, AFL and the women's sports section as well. So uh, make sure you listen out and I'll, um, I'll see you next episode.